Hi everyone and welcome back to Into the Void. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 24 of my weekly audio diary or my A-log as I like to call it in which I share my thoughts uh, and musings and things that really um, kind of just um, popping into my mind on a day-to-day basis. So um, thank you all for tuning in for the latest episode. Um, I hope you are all doing well and managing to thrive during these rather extraordinary times. First of all, um, apologies on my part. It's been a bit of a delay of getting this um, latest episode out, episode number 24. But once again, I've been really struggling with my physical health and also, um, as quite a few people have been sharing online um, in various different ways, the intensity of the energies on the planet right now really are um, very, very intense. And um, I think it's causing many of us not just physical problems, but also um, sort of issues around being able to focus, being able being able to properly concentrate. It does feel as if my energies um, are very, very much fractured, and um, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a hard, quite a hard time at the moment because it does feel, it does feel, um, it does feel very, very intense, and each day can feel. Um, can feel a real struggle. Anyway, I'm just going to start um, today's um, show, today's episode. I want to pick up on a news story, um, and it's really quite an interesting one. Um, I'm not um, someone who's particularly interested in the whole um, sort of, um, how should we say, Elon Musk, Tesla thing. I know there's a lot of people that kind of almost go out of their minds trying to work out if Elon Musk, you know, is he, is he as evil as Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, sorry, is he, um, is he actually a good guy? Is he a white hat? Is he, you know, is he a, a, um, is he a a good guy masquerading as a a bad guy and all the rest of it? None of those things really interest me. I mean, all I can say from looking at the guy, he, he does have that sort of same energetic signature as, um, Mark Zuckerberg of Meta and Facebook fame, of course, um, sort of not looking fully human. I don't want to say anything more about that, but yeah, it does. It does. Um, it does surprise me. Some people they really do get their their knickers in a twist over old uh, Elon Musk. Anyway, the news story that I want to pick up on today is recently it was announced um, in the United States that Tesla Tesla cars are. Um, they're recalling um, two million vehicles, which apparently I believe is the vast majority majority of Tesla cars on the road in the US. And this is to do with the sort of um, it's called autopilot technology uh, it's to do with the autonomous vehicle, although I don't believe um, any of these sort of fully autonomous vehicles are yet allowed on the US uh, roads. It's kind of like um, whereby you get uh, you get sort of alerts if the steering goes off centre and you also get sort of um, additional help <coughs> with reverse parking and, and things like that. So there's been this controversy, controversy, sorry, and, and at the same time we've had this um, insider, former employee, I'm not quite sure how high up in the company he was, of Tesla, a guy called Lukash um Krupski or Krupski obviously East European East European sorry heritage I hope I've pronounced that um correctly anyway he spoke to the the um BBC and he was um sharing concerns that he he doesn't believe that the hardware or the software for this sort of autopilot technology he doesn't believe that it's it's ready or or that it has been properly tested and he's he's obviously concerned because that puts everyone on the roads in danger. Now, the interesting thing is, um, obviously, we don't know his history at the company at Tesla. What what why he um, why he left the company? Um, but far be it from me to to question his claims um, as to the veracity of them. But the reason why I'm touching upon this whole issue of um, the safety of Tesla cars being called into question and this movement towards having driverless cars 
or autonomous vehicles as they're called is um, as with the sort of whole um, the whole roller of AI in general because obviously it's AI technology that's been used here in Tesla cars and other similar type vehicles um, as with um, other leading lights in the whole AI um, kind of movement thing can't think of the phrase who are coming out and saying government need to properly properly regulate such technology and they have concerns that you know in the future humanity could come to a, a sticky end if I can put it like that you know almost like a kind of terminator rise of the machines where the AIs take over and decide that human beings are surplus to requirements now yeah for me what I find fascinating is first of all why why is this happening why are there more and more whistleblowers coming out and sharing um, concerns about the future direction of technology like um, like artificial intelligence? And I think it's because, um, firstly, these people, they obviously don't trust governments or regulatory authorities to put in, to put in place proper checks and proper... Um, measures to make sure that the public you know aren't harmed or damaged in any way so because of that they can see a future whereby there's going to be a huge public outcry and um, there'll be calls you know to bring uh, certain people to justice for 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 what's going on if if um, you know if members of the public start dying in numbers in accidents in this instance um, with Tesla cars or Tesla vehicles where the um, autonomous technology goes <laughs> goes rogue so to speak and uh, you start seeing just cars colliding um, with one another or crashing into the central reservation barrier on the motorway or or the freeway as you call it in the US. I think another another really interesting thing and something to put a positive spin pardon the pun, to put a positive spin on this kind of story around Tesla uh, and the whole uh, autopilot technology, which is being called into question the safety of it, is that we know there are nefarious plots. Um, I don't spend a lot of time worrying too much about that because the bad guys, the dark forces, whether it's the World Economic Forum, whether it's the Davos crowd, whoever it might be and whatever plots they have, whatever plots that they're currently scheming we know um that many of them don't come to pass and once again we can see how you know something simple as a failure to properly to properly de develop sorry technology could be their undoing and um again the reason why i'm talking about this is in in the light of things like the whole 15 minute cities undoubtedly um driverless vehicles i would imagine are part of the plan for for um, these 15 minute cities so um, it is a, it is a kind of a bit of um, a spanner in the works and again it speaks to this idea that I push all the time in my content which is um, don't fall under the spell of certain alternative truth uh, conspiracy type narratives who push out ideas um, that seem to say humanity's future is is sealed it's screwed and it's inevitable that we we are going to land up in some sort of um horrific futurescape technocratic gulag i think this um case with tesla again proves well that might not just be the case because um quite often what we're seeing now is that reality is catching up with these nefarious agendas and we and, you know, if you're of more of a kind of religious Christian um, herit uh, background, you could say that what we're looking at perhaps is divine intervention. And here in the UK, just to give an example of what I'm talking about, during COVID, after lockdowns, we had this thing, these, this app developed and it went under the title of Test, Track and Trace. That was the title of the app that people were encouraged to download on their phones. You're probably familiar with this type of thing from whatever country that you may be listening to this particular broadcast and the whole idea was that people loaded these up these apps on their phones and then they could be alerted if they came into contact with anyone 
who had the dreaded the dreaded um the dreaded covid or they would be and that would they'd also be alerted when they needed needed to isolate themselves because as i was saying if they'd come in come into contact with anyone who allegedly had been affected um sorry infected now um as with anything that um in terms of technology that you, the uk government and the bureaucracy and the civil service ever touches or ever has anything to do with it was a complete and utter nightmare um it was being trialed at sort of various i think at sort of sports stadiums some a few premier league grounds here in the uk trialed it and at the turnstiles it wasn't working um i believe it was also tried at various big music festivals um and also music venues and also theatres in london you know this sort of slow march to a sort of papers um a, play, a papers please um society or a kind of digital version of a papers please society and it just it just didn't work and as i was saying people it was pinging when they hadn't actually even been out of the house and eventually you know it it it, it just uh, even the government had to admit that it was a, an utter failure and billions of billions of pounds were wasted and no doubt many people um made a lot of lo a lot of um money out of it now um i don't know why why this happened again perhaps um it was divine in intervention um that meant that this technology these um test the test track and trace <laughs> uh the app it's not an easy thing to say actually <laughs> like most um alliterations um it just it just didn't work now um if if you know as i was talking about with these nefarious plots to enslave humanity which i have absolutely now no doubt they do exist but i remain confident that many of them will fail and this again speaks to purely and simple simply because of just everyday parochial issues like technology failing so we may have we may we may well have groups of very dark, evil people who who are psychopathic in their nature, and they are just um, motivated by more than than greed. They are motivated by an insane need to control the human population for for various different reasons, which I've spoken about before. The sort of hyperdimensional, non-human um, intelligences. Um, it, it, it is that a lot of um, what they have planned, I believe, simply won't come to pass because of everyday, as I say, everyday parochial issues in that the technologies isn't the technology isn't up to the task. And of course, you know, there are safety concerns. We don't want people um, being killed in road traffic accidents. I just lastly want to say um, in terms of electric vehicles and, and autonomous vehicles or driverless vehicles, I'm not necessarily against uh, any of that technology. I mean, if you're a truck driver and you're driving from the east to west coast on the US or the east to west coast on um, uh, Aust in Australia, sorry, it's going to take several days um, to do that. And obviously, that's a very arduous task and it probably becomes quite boring, quite mo monotonous. So if technology could could do that um you know i don't have any problems with that as long as uh, as long as those people you know are uh, offered you know uh, meaningful secure alternative forms of employment but the problem we have um right now and i don't see it changing any day soon unfortunately is that the people or the forces behind the people pushing these types of technologies um they have crooked hearts and they have they are ill intent they have ill intention for humanity so we we can't we can't um you know we can't trust them unfortunately so um it is it is a shame because i think in in um in certain inner city areas i think that you know things like um electric buses electric um electric cabs electric taxis they do make a lot of sense but um i'm sure i'm like a lot of people we resent being coerced um we resent um being forced um to go down the route of um electric vehicles and that's the and that's that's uh you know that's 
kind of indicative of of the time that we're living in now but there you go I just wanted to share that little bit of new story about Tesla and old uh, Elon Musk and it and his cars and and just to remember that there is no um that the dark forces the nefarious forces the this, this sort of predatory consciousness that we saw come to the fore during covid you know um there's there's no there's no um there's no guarantee that what they have planned for humanity is is going to come to the is going to come to pass i mean just lastly i would say in terms of the whole 15 minute um city thing some people actually want that you know if you're a youngster and you've never driven and you've just come out of uni and or you know you're you're used to living in tight spaces with people of many different um kind of from many different um nationalities and you don't want to you don't really have any interest in traveling to the country and exploring the the wilderness in whatever country if you have wilderness in your country they may well um they may well embrace the idea of a 15 minute city if it has good um good transport links and and i think there are certain certain places where 15 minute cities may may well be um a reality if they aren't already in certain places in the middle east like qatar um dubai and also in saudi arabia where they're building this huge new kind of human habitation and road network is literally going to cost trillions of dollars a huge massive development which can be seen from space it's so big in so in certain parts of these areas you know i believe that 15 minute cities may well become a reality but that's because um that's be because certain people they want that and as we know in the power of us as individuals um to to create the reality out there if people want that then it will become a reality in the same way those um i would say um people who loved their enslavement and probably still do who willingly downloaded the covid app when told to do so by the nhs the health authorities and the government you know they 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 fully embrace that type type of um tracking technology on their phones they they want it so who am i to you know i can't say i'm speaking on behalf of um seven billion people but hopefully you guys out there are you know on board with me and and that isn't the kind of um future that you want uh it certainly isn't the kind of future i want where all of our um you know all of our movements and all all of our personal information is is made um is made available uh, to corporations and governments Anyway, I just want to um move on now to um something I've been really um kind of grappling with. I wouldn't really go so fast to say I've been struggling with, but um it's come to the forefront of my mind, so I thought I would share it on into the void because some of you guys may also be grappling with this right now because I know a lot of stuff is being stirred up inside of us. And this is the concept of the false self and how it often feels it often does feel within life that we are just performers and we're just on um you know as the great um old bill shakespeare said all the world's a stage and we can never really we can never really feel that we can be true to ourselves or um or uh, literally um sort of project our true self in when we're speaking with friends and families and loved ones or in the workplace we we wear these various sort of um social uh, masks so life can feel very very performative it can feel very much like a a performance and it also it's very um it's very draining uh, upholding a sort of uh, a false perception um of oneself and really linked into this whole idea the concept of the false self and it is um feeling like we don't fit in so i mean really from um kind of recalling my past from a very young age from my earliest memories of being in um in in infant school uh or elementary school i think we call it another part of the world um around about the age of 5 or 6 i did have this strong sense in which i just 
don't fit in and I've struggled with this issue all my life and at various points I think it sent me to the edge of insanity you know that sort of inter the eternal question in life is um, how do we make our mark how do we contribute to the greater good without selling out um, you know our principles and ethics so how do we how do we fit in um, it's it's a really it's a really um, it's a really difficult um, dilemma to to overcome, and I've I've you know it's sent me to not the literal but the metaphorical ends of the ends of the earth, so to speak, to to try to fit in. And on my own spiritual journey since two thousand and five, that's meant I've joined countless, literally uh, dozens and dozens of different groups and organizations and and all sorts of you know even down to help groups and all the rest of it to try and find my true self to try and find well how do I actually wear or how do I fit into this world because I've always felt like an outsider and I've always felt I've always felt that that is actually a problem with me rather than the problem rather than the problem with um, society or the systems that I, I happen to live in or the world that I happen to live in and um, so with all of that in mind, recently, uh, quite um, synchronistic, um, I read, um, I was reading um, a blog from someone I've been following for many years now, getting on 20 years, I think, around about 05, yeah, when I start first started to wake up, sounds a bit pretentious, um, a guy you probably heard of called Les Visible, um, I'm not sure what his real name is, and he had he he's been writing for many years uh, a series of blogs and they're all very very wise and very 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 profound and he's literally thousands and thousands um, of blog entries he's an extremely prolific writer and some of it is um i find too deep because um it really does it really does go um oh les visible he really does go very very deep and it does require quite a lot of um you know um lateral thinking and really thinking in a in a deep way in a deep way so anyway um one of his blogs that i enjoy reading is called reflections in a petri dish and i'm going to read an extract from this particular blog um that was published um on his site on november the 30th 2023 and just to say many of his articles if not all of his articles are linked to the truth seeker website so that's where i occasionally visit truth seeker i think it's .co.uk i think it's yeah uk domain name and all of les visible les visible's articles are linked there anyway so i'll just read an extract um from that particular article because it's really pertinent to what i'm talking about so open quotes I had a hard time of it in the world due to efforts I made to fit in. When I understood this was the source of the problems, all the problems went away. I never wanted to fit in, in the first place. I just thought I was supposed to. You are supposed to fit in where you fit in. That might turn out to be somewhere else entirely." End quotes. So I think you'll agree that's really um, extremely a beautifully profound just couple of um, sentences of saying an extract there and it, it really just I think that sums up it's a very sort of um, sums up the the um, the the dilemma of, of the human journey our, our our quest to find meaning our quest to find purpose but what I really liked about Les Visible's um, sentiment here is that as I was just saying before, I've always thought it was my problem and the reason why I can't fit in, but, you know, I'll share a little bit of personal thing about me, perhaps the reason why I've never been married or I've never had children, although I think that's not that uncommon with people who who are trying to, you know, walk the path to deeper consciousness, shall I say. Um, but certainly, you know, in the past, playing the dating game, as soon as you say to women, um, you know, you've never been married or... Um, you've never had children they look at you like oh really is this is there something wrong with you you know and they kind of begin to <laughs> begin to move away from the bar or whether he <laughs> happened to be talking to them it is a 
it does sort of put you in the category of non persona grata. But anyway, I digress. Um, so yeah, I did find Les Visible's uh, words very, very comforting because it's like, well, maybe there isn't something wrong with me. And maybe, just maybe, um, I wasn't supposed to fit in and and that is and that is um and that is and that's the whole the whole point um you know that i've been put into this particular incarnation or this particular existence however you want to put however you want to put it whether you believe in reincarnation or past lives or parallel lifetimes i, I don't really know at the moment i believe i haven't really kind of i sort of believe a bit of all of the above really i haven't really come up with a divinity definitive sort of belief system in that regard but anyway it's all f such fascinating stuff i think it's, it's good not to kind of box yourself into uh, too much of a narrow uh, system of beliefs anyway so yeah if you have been struggling and if you're anything like me a very very deeply sensitive soul and someone who has always deeply felt the pain of the world even um, as a child I can remember being deeply affected when there was um, disasters um, on the TV and even as a teenager the Hillsborough football disaster and then the Lockerbie bomb over Scotland over the borders um, I remember uh, which was just before Christmas time I can't remember now sort of mid to late 80s being deeply affected by these things really on a real quite a deep soul level and um so yeah i've always been a very very um very sensitive soul so i think when you are an uh, a sensitive soul and you strive for greater understanding and i hope i've got some sort of intelligence on board i know i can ramble at times it's it's not it's not easy trying to express yourself um um, in words and um, in audio but it's just as hard if not harder because the English language we can you know in words it can be just as hard if not harder because there's so many different ways of course um, to say the same thing but anyway yeah I thought I would just share that with you guys um, because it really did just gave me a sort of sense of liberation and freedom that actually I might not be as screwed up as I thought I uh, I I was or have been and of course then you get all the kind of negative reinforcements even from people close from to you sometimes you know like well you know you haven't really perhaps made much of your life because like, I haven't really ever had um, a career to speak of either I've always tried to avoid the whole what I call um, the trap of specialism I believe that once people become a specialist in a field then it kind of locks locks them out of any deeper understandings of broader themes and ideas and issues within life and they just become locked in a kind of very narrow a narrow silo and also just to flesh this out a bit more I when I was writing up some notes for this episode uh, of course what I'm talking about also brings to mind the very very famous quote by Krishnamurti I quote you know it's no sign of good health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society um forgive me Krishnamurti there if I paraphrased his words but I think you get get the you get the you get the meaning I'm trying to get across there is that you know there's a lot of pressure for people to conform and there's a lot of pressure for people to you know play the game get the career get the mortgage and there's nothing wrong with that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that for a lot of people you know it's right that they do that and they have 2.4 children because we do need to populate the world and who am i to say where people are you know on their journeys and travails through life but i have always found it difficult um when you feel at odds with norms within um society but you know back to good old les visible and his you know deep earth shattering wisdom that he shares there is um there is a lot of um kind of I believe more and more now there is liberation in anonymity and especially in this current era we're living in whereby you know since the in invention of the internet and more recently social media you know if you want to be someone you've got to have a profile online and you've got to have followers or even if you're you know even if you're you're cooking up your lovely delicious cookies for um you know your social club or your kids um soccer game or at the ballpark you know you, you got to, you got to take pictures put them on your social me media feed and you know it's 
we have all become very much, you know, like the brand. It's all about um, creating a brand. It's like with me, I at the moment, I'm in a bit of a pickle, in a bit of a pickle lily, because I know there's so much I need to say around my what dramatic experiences I had in the whole truther scene and this idea of what I call the truther trap. And there's so much material I want to get out there. But because I'm not quite sure in what form people might enjoy listening re or listening to it or reading to it online, should I create a website? I'm not sure, should I write a book? I'm, I've almost tied myself up in knots, really. Whereas, you know, many years ago before the internet, it would have been, right, okay, well, just write a book then. You know, it's, it's that whole thing. Again, we have so many wonderful options and I wouldn't be without the internet. It's the most amazing tool. But sometimes, again, when you have too many options uh, uh, in terms of getting your message out and when you're also, because I'm just as much tied up into this idea of, well, if I'm going to get um, more material out there, I want people to enjoy it. I want people to, um, you know, I want it to have some sort of um, impact because I believe that I do have a message that is, 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 is worthy of sharing. But it does just, you know, the whole social media thing does create more, more, um, more dilemmas or kind of the flip side. The positive is, you know, we can reach, we can get our message out to, to, to more more people than we would have been able to um, before the internet. Um, but uh, I also think that, um, you know, in terms of being anonymous, it's also, um, it's like when you're not um, fixed into the system anyway, when you're not, because of course being anonymous, we often equate with not being successful as well. Not fitting in is often, perhaps I should also, perhaps I should also say, sorry, it's also equated to this sort of idea of, um, yeah, not, not being a success. If you don't fit in, you, you haven't been, um, you haven't been a success in life. And I, of course, I don't think that is necessarily the case. I think that is, that is an example of black and white thinking. I think as with all of these things, really, we need to just be true to ourselves and do what we feel is right on a kind of heartfelt, um, deep, um, profound level. But, I do think there is a lot of um, there is a lot of pressure on people um, to fit in, and you know, as we saw during COVID, a lot of people just took the dreaded the dreaded poke, the dreaded jab, um, just because they wanted to fit in, because they knew they'd be ridiculed by their friends or family or their workmates if they didn't take it, or simply to fit in so they could get their you know, a couple of weeks, two weeks in the sun a few times a year, which at that time they couldn't have done if they didn't have the, the dreaded poke or the dreaded jab, whichever way, however you want to describe it. So the pressure is always there. The pressure is always there to fit in. And I think in more what COVID demonstrate to me is that, you know, in more recent years, I don't know if this is the same for you guys, but I've almost taken sort of like a sense of pride of, uh, um, at not fitting in because you know if I was fully immersed um, in this sort of control system in the sort of TikTok world unthinking world then you know I might well have done uh, uh, certain things that might not have been good for my overall health who knows you know lots of people have and their health is still fine so we just we, we don't know but I think uh, I just want to lastly finish on this point I think one of the, you know, real positive things about not fit, not fitting it is that you just have a greater sense of autonomy to think in a free and expansive way. And I think that's one of the most wonderful things um, about not fitting in. And again, that is something that's good about the Internet because we can go online, not just necessarily on social media or perhaps we belong to certain forums or whatever, but we can go online and we can just even see secondhand without directly communicating with people that other people are oddballs, <laughs> that other people are oddballs like us. And, you know, that it does reduce that sense of, um, you know, isolation. And we can think, oh, you know, maybe I have, um, excuse me, maybe it, it hasn't always been about me making the wrong decisions in life. And maybe, you know, I haven't committed to things like um, a specific career, as I was saying before, or a, or a marriage or whatever it might be, or long term financial commitments, a la a mortgage. 
uh, because I, I was right to do that. And it wasn't because I was weak and it, and it wasn't um, because I was fearful. Anyway, there you go. A little bit of a, just an insight in terms of what I've been um, thinking and feeling recently in terms of this idea of um, of not fit, fitting in. Hopefully it's given you um, just a little bit of some um, food for thought now as uh, we head inexorably um, towards the Christmas period, which I know can can be uh, quite quite stressful if you have to spend a lot of time. Perhaps with um, family you don't necessarily um, um, get along with. Um, depends, doesn't it? Always depends. Anyway, um, in the last part of this particular episode of Into the Void, um, what I want to talk about is, I know for myself at the moment, um, it can be difficult when we look out into the world and we 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 are so desperate to see um, positive change, or perhaps we want to see you know the bad people brought to justice, or perhaps we want to just see you know a more equal and fair economic system. Don't get me wrong; I'm not talking about anything along the lines of socialism. Just you know, very simply, you know, here in the UK and in the southeast, it's so difficult for people to buy houses. The costs of rent as well it, it are just astronomical. And coupled, of course, with the ever-increasing price of gas and, and um, electric and utility bills and, and food, it, is, it really is, is it's a real struggle for a lot of people, you know, everyone just in their day-to-day -day lives. And um, it would be nice to see people not to have to struggle so much. And, it's, and it is sad, and it's sad for, especially for those of us who over the years have done lots of research, been down many different rabbit holes including the whole sort of energy rabbit hole as i call it <laughs> strange rabbit hole but you know um whereby we realize we shouldn't even be paying for gas or, or electric we've all we've already paid for it it's ridiculous by just being born onto this earth this terra firma on what whatever land mass or continent you might be listening to this particular audio or broadcast by a simple um definition of being born into this world We've already paid for all these resources. It's already paid for. So to charge people thousands of pounds a year just so they don't freeze to death and so they can cook their evening meal is, to me, it's when I was, um, you know, getting into the work, around about 2012, actually, getting into the world, the work of um, uh, Michael Tellinger and his great book, uh, Ubuntu, um, you know, talking about how we could, um, live in different ways and you know we, and he was also talked about the whole um, debt-based fiat monetary system and it and it is it's, it's so frustrating because it's also the con is so maddeningly simple and yet it's so profound at the same time because people perhaps the reason why most people can't see it is because it's so simple anyway just back to the point I was making so yeah we look out and we see and we see a lot of people suffering um, perhaps we're personally suffering financially at the moment and we just want to see positive change in the world so I just want to share some ideas that have come to mind really in terms of how we might be able to bring about some sort of positive change and of course we all know nothing ground shattering earth shattering about this perspective i'm sharing in terms of our own authenticity that is the most important thing when you know more and more human beings on this planet um, act with authenticity or act perhaps we should also say from authenticity in every aspect of their lives then i think we really are going to begin to see more change positive change so what sort of simple steps um can we take well one of the first ones, I think, is what I've done in the past. Not so much recently. Um, I've let that go a little bit. But um, in terms of mutual cooperation is when I've interviewed people um, on, on my uh, sister show, Discerning Consciousness podcast. And in the, in the, in the past, I've interviewed some really uh, amazing people. It's so I love listening to people's ideas on everything. And, you know, that's like a mutual, a kind of mutual back rubbing because, um it helps um, our collective messages to get out to a broader audience. It helps us on, on an individual um, level as well, because as we know, yeah, I was talking about before, profiling, it's all about, you know, 
increasing um you know the profile of our brand in this case my podcast discerning consciousness although as i said before don't mean to be negative since i've gone down the kind of audio diary route uh, i have not really sort of seen the increase uh, in my audience um so i know um uh, my friend uh niall murphy and his uh, excellent uh, youtube channel um he's he's um through an opaque lens sorry he's 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 had similar experiences as well and i know other smaller channels and um people content creators um since since um the end sorry the end of the height of covid it's almost as if um people have tailed away i don't know what it is maybe people are just um less interested in hearing more disparate voices and they're just going back to the people who um have you know or we did have more more bigger followers i don't know perhaps they're more eloquent i don't know but something that niall um niall murphy said recently in a bigger big vid in a, one of his recent videos from his home in costa rica is um how my content like hymns i don't appeal to people's uh, emotions should i say i don't appeal i'm trying to um what one could describe as a sort of spiritual third way in that I'm a, I'm not appealing to people's um, petty prejudices. I'm, I'm trying to kind of plough, you know, walk the razor's edge. I'm not I'm not regurgitating. I'm not repeating, you know, truth or conspiracy or even when I talk about spiritualism, I'm not really hopefully repeating new age memes or just, you know, easy comments and uh, I always try and share my content and I always try to add provisos. I always try to, you know, encourage people to go and do look into things for themselves. And I always encourage people to not again, what Niall talks about, not to get into, you know, balkanize a great phrase he talks about in terms of the culture wars, which is an, he always gives excellent commentary on is to not get fall into these balkanized echo chambers you know which we saw during covid one such example you know when our good old novak djokovic when he was barred from entering um i think it was the 2022 yeah january australian open uh, on the open tour and you had those tree for tribes oh no he's he's a member of the wef and this is all controlled opposition and you know and then you you know on, on the other side you you know you you had people arguing the opposite you know so we get these sort of polarizations and i think it's important to try and as much as we can but that's why you know it is um you know it's quite difficult to 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 build um, a bigger audience but anyway sorry gone up gone off the beam a little bit there um forgive me so yeah this whole idea of mutual cooperation is how we can create a better world because if I'm speaking to someone online and I want, you know, I want good things for them, I want their audience to grow and hopefully they want the same for me. And not in an egotistical way, I just mean because it's good to spread the message just to get it out there. Not because I want likes, not because I want followers, not because I want loads of donations as much as those things would be nice as well. But that's not the reason why I do what I do. And for a lot of people, it isn't the reason why they do it. But there are certain costs involved as well. So, yeah, that's one way in which, um, you know, and it's also just um, as I feel recently, sorry, I don't mean to be woo woo, but as I've spoken about, I feel my heart is opening up more. Um, and I do feel that I want, you know, I want the best for everyone um, in the world now. And there is that thing of how can we create positive change in the world is, you know, when we want the best for our man and fellow woman and just a very kind of sort of parochial everyday example but as you know i sell um i sell like football or soccer memorabilia online football programs magazines all that kind of stuff and more broader sports stuff on ebay and got quite a lot of listings on there now and selling quite a lot of stuff occasionally i will list things that i know just say a football program and i know um that it's probably worth quite a lot more so i know that someone can buy it and then you know if they sell they can relist it or pass it on to someone someone you know in the flesh and make some money but that's because you know the whole principle of um i think it was in a film the whole principle of pass it on or pass it forward because you want um you know you want good fortune for everyone not just for yourself so in the past i brought you know programs in bulk and then perhaps sold them in, um individually or in smaller groups and 
made some money from it. So, you know, it would be a little bit selfish or, or churlish of me not to allow other people to do the same from, you know, my eBay shop or my eBay um, listing. So that's just one way in which, you know, we can spread a bit, a bit of, you know, goodwill and bonhomie um, during this, um, you know, festive uh, period. Because I think that more and more, there's nothing inherently wrong with um, competition. But as, as we move forward and there's more and more sort of energetic shifts on the planet, I think we will more and more come to an understanding, as I spoke about when I spoke about um, the late great Ian Zell Lungold and his presentations in Canada and across the US in the early to mid 2000s about uh, the Mayan calendar and how society will change in the future. You know, eventually the current sort of mode or modality of competition that we have, I think, will seem to be, even within the corporate sector, because that will be forced to change, will seem to be um, outdated, outdated. Because as we know, all competition, competition as it is currently sort of, um, you know, as I was saying, its current modality, all it does is promote the idea of false scarcity. Because there is enough abundance for everyone on this planet, as we know. And um we we shouldn't really we shouldn't really buy into these stories of um full scarcity and one way in which we can prevent ourselves from doing that is you know like sometimes i will if i see a homeless person i might go back and give them money um a fiver or something like that and i know other people say well they'll just go and buy drugs but you know or other people say well i'll go maybe to costa or or, or wherever starbucks with your coffee outlet of choice is you know and sit with them and just have a chat with them so I know in the past I've kind of dismissed these ideas the whole idea of pass it forward or pay it forward I think there was a film well, I got the phrase slightly wrong anyway this idea of you know uh, wanting um, the best things for everyone and, and and that's how we can we can we can kind of like um, change the world so I think in the past I've thought of it as a bit uh, a bit what's to it a bit twee a bit contrite it's like well if we still got the state same you know evil cabal or you know doing their wicked scheming uh, what difference does it make you know if i give a fiver or a tenner to a homeless man or woman down on her luck and recently as my heart has opened up more and more i realized no no we do have amazing power as um as sovereign human beings and um you know, at the end of the day, I believe this is sort of like an organic process uh, of positive change and it can, been a, it can bring about that. And it does, again, of course, um, if you're more of a sort of Christian, if you have Christian uh, leanings and you enjoy reading the Bible, this, of course, speaks to, you know, about us not necessarily sacrificing ourselves, but being of service to God by being of service to other people that doesn't mean, you know, we deliberately make ourselves homeless or we deliberately sabotage um, the good things that we do have in our life. But it is it is about um, I believe it is about recognising that, you know, we can only really enjoy the fruits of our labour. We can only enjoy, you know, the hard work and commitment that we put into existence when when everyone else is able to do the same and when everyone else um has kind of like um has similar um opportunities to do so and how this just lastly how this um links into the idea of authenticity i think you know um when we are speaking you know from our heart center uh, and when we are when we are speaking to some sort of higher purpose um that normally, you know, the sort of space when we are being authentic. I think many people, many people would agree that perhaps, you know, on occasions they do, they do, they do feel that they could maybe do a bit more, maybe share a bit more. Again, I'm not talking about socialism. I'm not talking about um, communism. I'm not talking about com communitarianism. Excuse me, the big word that's going around as well, as we sure a lot, as we saw a lot during um covid but it is it also just comes back to this whole thing of course that we've heard a million times in the whole self-help a genre personal development sphere is that you know when you help other people in your life it helps to make us feel better as individuals when we're um when we are doing the helping when we're helping with people even if it's with you know practical physical things they might need help with or maybe it's emotional support and again i'm not saying we shouldn't have firm proper boundaries in place of course 
But that is one of the things of, you know, learning discernment or having discernment is, you know, sometimes learning, um, having the conscious awareness to know sometimes to say to someone, I, I can't necessarily help you with this because I'm not in a space to. And, you know, I'm just and, and just being honest with people. I think that is a big part of the spiritual journey is learning when to perhaps sacrifice some of your time to help people. And then also, you know, in 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 um in a way just as um it can be just as hard to judge when you 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 know you say well i'm not in a position to help you or maybe you know similarly i'm not in a position to help you in the way that you need help but you know here's some people you know i've got the contact details of maybe individuals within organizations that could help you and i think that is um that is really incumbent upon us at this time if we do want to create sort of more positive um positive change um out there in the world is not to discount the role that we can take it's not to see it as i have in the past well these things you know the the control the propaganda the lies it's just so big um people are never going to wake up on mass not that we'd want that anyway because that would be a very bad idea you just have a new form of tyranny imposed um, but we can get lost in this idea of uh, hopelessness. There's nothing that we can do. So what difference am I going to make? So hopefully I've just offered, you know, I've uh, and obviously I've done this with a little bit of a nod or, um, to the Christmas period and what we feel that we might um, be able to do over the Christmas period, as I was saying before, a few minutes ago, to spread a bit of uh, Christmas cheer and a bit of um, a bonhomie to our to our neighbours and to to um, the community at large. Anyway, a bit of a change in today's uh, episode. I haven't picked up on any of my more regular features uh, like the truth of trap um, or energy update. Although I have touched a little bit um, upon um, sort of energies um, that I'm struggling with at the moment. Anyway. I just want to leave you with just a little bit of a content update. I am the tent. The intention is <laughs> to get another episode out before Christmas on my sister show, Discerning Consciousness podcast, and hopefully another Into the Void before the end of the year. Because obviously, like a lot of people, once we get into the Christmas period, uh, my attentions um, will be focused elsewhere. Anyway, I just want to round things up by saying thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you once again for your patience in terms of uh, me having uh, inadvertently um, delays in terms of getting this uh, current episode out. And um, yeah, uh, I look forward to speaking to you all again very soon. Bye bye for now.